Hello there and welcome to what should be another outstanding edition of the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. I am pedestrian advocate Joseph Peters. And Jason, I just had to scold Lisa Hidalgo in the hallway. You should not text and walk downstairs. You know, I was just reading a story about that and I, I, I wanted to get it into the show for next week, but there is extreme danger. Apparently, with people texting and walking, and uh, it's becoming a scourge of society. Scourge, indeed. Did she run into you? No, but I, I, I could tell that she was going to trip over herself. Yeah, but she's pretty adept at it because she is so glued to that phone. It is really a little ridiculous. I mean, she is addicted. Elder she, millennial. She Lisa is. Hidalgo. Yes, and she is always posting, always doing. And she does the story thing on her Instagram. So she's always posting to the Instagram. But there's a difference between the feed, which are the picture, you know, things that you're doing, all, and then the story, which only lasts for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But she's always doing those. Mm-hmm. She says it's good for some reason, and I don't know what, but. It seems quite annoying to me. Uh, coming up with an addition, uh, coming up, another edition, I think a great one, of Talking Traffic. That's the segment where I have a conversation with another traffic anchor about what's happening in their town. And today I'm going to be visiting with Rebecca Schleicher from News Channel 5 in Nashville, Tennessee. Beautiful city. You've been to Nashville? Several times. I have family in Tennessee. We've talked about that. I, uh, I've driven through it once. Mm. On my way to Chicago. Uh, Rebecca has been reporting traffic there in Nashville for three years. And in that time, a lot has changed in Nashville. I'm sure you've seen some of the changes there in Nashville. One of the more gentrified cities in the country at this point, or rapidly gentrifying, I think would be a better way to describe it. And the people there recently voted against a huge plan that they wanted to build a light rail system uh, and and the and the people said, uh-uh, we don't want to spend that much money on that rail when right now a lot of folks are not using the public transit system there in Nashville. I just don't think they're ready for it. Um, so it was a hard sell for them, and, they, and, and the people said no, no thanks. So we'll talk to uh, Rebecca all about that. It should be an interesting conversation. Um, we'll get to know Rebecca a little bit. Uh, and about Nashville traffic, and uh, I'm I'm telling you this this segment is going to be a certified hit. It's going to be its own podcast soon. Driving you crazy, cancel talking traffic. Order me 150 <laughs> episodes. There you go. Uh, contact us at 303-832-0217 if you have something you want to get off your chest and bring here to the world famous Driving You Crazy podcast. You can just leave your message there, and we would love to play it right here on the air. So one of my favorite stories of the year so far, and even though we're only what, five or six weeks into the year? This one might hold up, though. A man in Brazil was arrested for dressing up as his 60-year-old mom in order to take her driving test for her. Yay! <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> That's it. I could have dressed up as you. You're wearing a tie today. That's true. That's all you need is a tie, and you'll look just and like I, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the driving instructor realized the person in front of her was not Maria, but her son, Hector. <laughs> he was wearing a floral blouse, painted nails, makeup, and a wig. The instructor said he tried to be as natural as possible. He wore lots of makeup with his nails nicely done and wore women's jewelry. The problem was mom failed the driving exam several times, so he thought he could help mom out. And take the test for her. He said mom didn't have any idea what was going on, was not in on the plan, 
and he was charged with fraud and misuse of somebody's identity. And mom still has no driver's license. Yay! <laughs> what a bummer for old, what, Hector? Uh, Maria. Yeah. And Maria. Maria. For both of them. For really for Maria. Hector, whatever. Dude. I mean, for like, both of them, really. He got to dress up like a woman for a day. What does he have to do about? <laughs> well, he gets to uh, spend his time. Uh, maybe he's going to spend some time in jail for that. Do you really I, I go would to hope jail not. for that? I would hope not. I mean, he was charged with fraud and misuse of somebody's identity. I, I wouldn't think you'd go to jail for the first time, especially if a judge says, look, you're trying to help your mom. I get it well hopefully they get it you never know uh an artist in germany had a little bit of fun with google maps after tricking it into displaying a phantom traffic jam by walking around with a little red wagon full of mobile phones that's fantastic is that unbelievable that's the best thing i've heard all day so i don't know how he had all these phones if if he was and this was i did not find this anywhere in the story if he if he was given by people all these phones that are are connected that are actually uh working that are working cell phones or they were all just connected to a wi-fi signal of some sort or whatever but what he did is he had um all these phones in a little red wagon and he was and he was tricking google maps huh his name is simon weckert and he says it's a performance art piece, and he titled it Google Maps Hack. And he said it was actually very simple. What he did is he walked around a couple of roads around Berlin, and he had that little red wagon, and inside that red wagon were 99 secondhand smartphones. And with all the phones connected to the Google Maps for driving directions, Simon made Google mapping the system there think that there was a severe traffic jam in the area, even though in reality, it was just one guy pulling a red wagon. <laughs> that is because, art. That is art, man. That is the definition of finding a way to expose a flaw in the system that nobody had seen before. Yeah, it really is. Because Simon is just walking around with this red wagon, and there were some other... I, I saw a video that Simon posted about his little escapade. And there were, he was walking in the middle of the road to try to make it look as realistic as possible. And there wasn't a lot of traffic on this street. And so he would just move over and then some car would pass him and then he'd go back in the middle of the street. But it's, people ask me a a lot, how do I find out what the travel times are and where do I see, how do I, how do I know that there's a lot of traffic on one road compared to another road? Well, it's because your phone is being tracked. Yes. Because when you sign up for Google Maps, and you have your Google account, you're giving them permission to track you for the use of their map. It's a little quid pro quo. Yes. If you were getting something for free, odds are you're the one, you are what you're paying for, right? You're the yes. cost. I, data. Yes, exactly. And that's what they want because Google really is all about the data. That's what they want. That is what they they're their main businesses, mm-hmm. uh, and they they get a lot of data from you and your phone. You did see the commercial during the Super Bowl of the man who used Google to remember things, right? Right. Yeah, lucky Google. He used Google to remember things for six years. Now Google knows every damn thing about it. <laughs> exactly. And then when you go to the Internet, all those things will be there in the ads waiting for you to buy something. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Simon, he described uh, Google Maps as having fundamentally changed our understanding of what map is and how we interact with maps, their technology, their limitations, and how they look aesthetically. Google was asked for a comment but has not yet said anything about it. 
I thought it was pretty interesting. Google, with trillions of pieces of data, doesn't feel like giving you a piece of data about this one. We have covered on, on this show people in residential areas who hate it when, especially Waze, will reroute people from a crash, a major traffic jam, into their neighborhood. And there are people fi- trying to find ways to get ways to stop putting people in their neighborhood. M- here you go. Here's the way. This guy is leading the way. Pay a man with a little red wagon and a whole bunch of smartphones. That sounds expensive. Like, yes, it's performance art, but I really hope he got his money's worth out of it because he had to pay for 99 smartphones, even for just one month. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. When I don't, And I have the video posted on my Facebook page, uh, Jason Luber Traffic Guy, if you want to take a look and, and see, the, uh, see the video. I have a lot of other great videos on there, too, including a lot of good crash videos, if you ever want to see some of those. Anywho, uh, I want to give you some good news here before we talk to Rebecca in just a, a few minutes. Uh, so if emotional support animals were banned from planes, some people say they're going to stop flying. And I applaud that. It's about time, you people with your uh, emotionally supportive crazy animals don't fly on the same plane as everybody else. Yeah. I, I am not getting down on people who need supportive animals to help them out. I know it helps. There's a lot of people who have uh, uh, all kinds of different animals who do get support, and actually it does help them for their various needs, not just disability needs. However, I don't want to have a peacock on an airplane with me. The peacock never made it onto an airplane. That That's... Almost. <laughs> Somebody did show up Important at the airport. Important to clarify. Um, listen, man, if people want to keep bringing golden retrievers on planes as emotional support animals, I'm here for it. I don't even care if they don't need the emotional support. I just want more golden retrievers on airplanes. So that's a whole different flight, though. Yep. That'd be a whole different flight. Uh, but in a story in the Washington Post, uh, I was reading that the Transportation Department made an official proposal now that would allow airlines to treat support animals as pets rather than a true service animal. And that would mean dog owners, like my brother, who has a little dog that he likes to travel with all the time, will have to actually start paying the fee for their dog to fly on the airplane and not just get the dog on the airplane for free, as he has been for years and years and years. His dog's name is Toto. Toto has peed in my basement a bunch of times. Now, the animals will also have to stay in a crate, some kind of a carrier, under the seat, or they would have to fly as cargo, which obviously defeats the purpose of having a support animal with you, giving you support on the airplane. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're not much supportive if they're in the cargo hold along with your luggage and you are up above enjoying a fresca. The Transportation Department is just trying to stop all the crazy stories we've covered here on the show of people wanting to take their emotional support, peacock or snake or ferret or turkey or miniature horse or other ridiculous animals on the airplane. There were an estimated 750,000 support animals that were allowed allowed to fly on airplanes in 2017. Wow. 750,000. Now imagine... If well, I don't know what the price is, what the cost is, I think it's uh, fairly substantial the cost to fly a pet on your on the airplane, as it should be. Uh, 
that's a lot of untapped revenue Mm -hmm. for the airlines. Mm -hmm. So don't you think maybe the airlines are also saying, hmm, hey, transportation department, would you mind cracking down on this a little bit more? Because if we could even sniff a quarter of that, let's say a hundred bucks for every one of those two, let's say, let's say they got 250,000 animals still flying, support animals. And uh, they could get a hundred bucks for every one of those animals. All of the airlines are going to say, "Yep, we want that." Have you ever seen one of these stories that made you empathize with these people? Because so far, I just haven't. All my reaction to all of these stories is pretty much the same. It's including the one where the emotional support hamster, I believe, was flushed down a toilet. Which is that? <laughs> too bad, so sad. Like, if you need a hamster with you for emotional support, so you can get on an airplane, you have bigger problems than the hamster not being allowed on the plane. Right. And you shouldn't be flying in the first place. The current regulations have there's, there's a broad definition of what a service animal is, and it's really allowed all manner of species to board for free, and obviously has drawn the ire of airlines and organizations that that train in true service animals, for which untrained creatures are are being allowed and being really compared to the trained animals. We used to have a person here that ran our Contact 7 call line, and she would, Marianne, would, would train dogs, and she would spend, what, at least a year with the dog and, and train them, and, and it would be a process. And, and not every one of the dogs would pass. That was what was the most fascinating thing, is that she trained the heck out of this one dog that did not qualify for the service dog program, even though it spent a year in training working to become a service dog, right? So... Uh, you know, your little golden boy probably isn't qualified to be a service dog with the six hours of training they received at PetSmart. <laughs> well, it's less, it's even less than that. It's a, it's, you call up a, or find online some outfit and they'll, and they'll give you a certificate like my brother got that his, his animal is a emotional support animal and boom, he's on the airplane for free. Mm-hmm. The now, internet, man. The internet. I, I know it's crazy. We talked to Sarah Nelson one time on this show. She is the president of the Association of Flight Attendants, CWA. And in a statement, she says, The days of Noah's Ark in the air uh, are hopefully coming to an end. (laughs) Good for her. Although the wacky animals get the most attention, the transportation department says the vast majority of emotional support animals on planes are dogs and those who insist that they depend on these animals to cope with the mental health conditions, they say, would propose a, 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 a new punishment on them for the abuses of fraudsters who simply want to skirt the pet fees, which can be, I think, around $100 each direction. That's a lot of money those airlines, I think, are, are missing out on as well. I mean, cry me a river for the airlines. Oh, no, I don't care. No, I, yeah, no, I, and, and all the fees and all that, I hate that. Believe me, I hate that a lot. So some are fighting back. Some of these people with these emotional support animals are fighting back. And they say there should be some reasonable compromise allowing well-behaved, maybe just small dogs, but not any animal that's really out of the ordinary, a large animal, a, a Great Dane, a, the, the snakes and the peacocks and mm-hmm. the ferrets and the hamsters and all the other stuff. An animal vetting system, they think, seems like a good idea, Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What? There is an animal vetting system. It's called training the service dog. Either you're a trained service dog or you're not. That's how we vet this stuff. 
what, what other vetting does the, does there need to be done? That's it. There, I solved your problem, <laughs> emotional support people. <laughs> now, the Transportation Department has proposed changes. They would really narrow the definition of a service animal to dogs that have been trained to perform tasks for an individual with a disability. Mm-hmm. Period. So if you don't have that, then you're not going to get your animal on the airplane. And why do we need to compromise on that? That seems like a perfectly reasonable criteria. Really, emotional support animals are just animals that aren't trained to be a yes. service animal. There's a wonderful outside magazine piece that I just discovered on the Google machine called Every Dog is an Emotional Support Animal. Why else would we have dogs if not for emotional support? <laughs> right. Let's talk to that guy. I feel like he has some interesting opinions. But you're right. Every animal, it, it, really, there shouldn't be emotional support animals as a classification. Mm-hmm. Every animal, my animal, my my fish at one point before Dorothy the goldfish died, uh, she was my emotional support animal. Well, there wasn't a category of emotional support animals until people decided they needed an excuse to get their dogs on planes. Exactly. And then all of a sudden we had all these emotional support animals, 750,000 of them by your count. The Transportation Department emphasizes that the airlines could continue to board emotional support animals if they choose, which they won't, under the new proposed idea and rules. The agency is also seeking public comment first until late March, including on whether and how the changes would quote, impact the ability of individuals with disabilities who rely on emotional support animals to travel via aircraft, unquote. Board a train. The train works. Can you get emotional support animals? Can you get your uh, emotional support ferret on an Amtrak? Probably a better luck with that than a Greyhound, right? Uh, There's an outfit called Certipet. It's an online company that helps travelers obtain these letters from, air quotes, therapists, And they've pushed back against the Transportation Department's uh, proposal here. Its website prominently touts its service as a way to save hundreds in unfair pet fees. Unfair? The most unfair. It's all about fairness, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Everybody has to pay their fair share. Isn't that the hip thing to say now? Man, I have to pay for luggage. What what about that unfairness? (laughs) Do I get a waiver for that? It's an emotional support luggage. Yeah, it could be emotional support luggage. Why not? Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay for your, on spirit, your carry-on now because it's emotional support. Yes. Uh, this Certipet says it has served people, and it has served 65,000 people so far, giving them these letters, these certificates that allow people to get their pet for free on the airplane. The company's clinical director insists it doesn't just hand out these letters. <laughs> they say only of, you skeptical. They say only about thirty percent of people who take the site online pre-screening test get through to a longer questionnaire. But still, it's a questionnaire. Wow. Wow. Those who complete it are then referred to a therapist in their state who conducts a phone call to determine the person's need for emotional support animals, and they usually only approve dogs, cats, or rabbits. Nothing in here about a ferret, a peacock, or a talking bird. But emotional support rabbits, underrepresented. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that like to have rabbits. I, You know, they're kind of gross because they poop all over themselves. That's correct. Uh, and they poop all the time. Yep. All the time. Mm-hmm. 
my uh, daughter's friend has a rabbit. And, uh, yeah, it's pooping all over the place. They actually they have to keep it outside. <laughs> it's funny. So they had to they they kept it outside and they had to build a uh, a thing over the 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 cage deal that they have because the hawks would come over and then attack the cage trying to get at the rabbit. That's terrifying. And so they had to build this structure over it to protect it and so the hawks can't see the rabbits <laughs> and attack them from the sky. There you go. All right, well, on a whole different, completely different subject, it's time for our favorite segment of the show called Talking Traffic, where we hook up with a traffic anchor from somewhere in the great USA. Today, we are going south to talk with Middle Tennessee's transportation expert, Rebecca <laughs> Rebecca Schleicher. Rebecca has been at the station for five years now, has been reporting traffic for News Channel 5 for three years. Rebecca, welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, Jason, I am so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, before we talk traffic, let's talk about Rebecca. How did you get started doing traffic for News Channel 5? Uh, completely by accident. Um, I was a reporter forever, uh, all over the country, different places. You know how it goes in this industry. Um, I started, I was in school in Austin. I went to the University of Texas, and I got degrees in broadcast journalism and government. So just hopped up the road, was a reporter in Waco and then Oklahoma City, and got uh, an evening reporter gig here in Nashville. And not too long after I got here, my bosses came to me and kind of came with the pitch of, uh, hey, we really want to expand this morning traffic position into more than just morning traffic. We know that this is the topic in Nashville right now with all the growth and everyone coming into town. And we were interested in seeing if you wanted to take that on, not just doing traffic in the morning, but also being our go-to person and reporter and person with the contacts and breaking all the news stories about transportation and explaining the really complicated issues to our viewers every day. So uh, I said yes. Do you like the transportation and traffic reporting? I do. It is constantly changing and it's top of mind for everyone here right now so it's it's just really fun being on the beat that everyone is talking about and wants to talk to you about I mean people stop me all over the place uh, with their ideas on how to make traffic better in their neighborhood of course that's something everybody has an idea about what is your day like then? For me, I, I get up at 2.15, I, I go in, I, I do my daily traffic deal uh, for on-air, and then, of course, we do our streaming uh, service, and then I get to work on other stories, but I'm not going out. I really don't have the time anymore to go out and cover stories. Is that something that you're doing? Yeah, it is. So I'm kind of rolling in around 4 a.m. I do get to show up after everyone else does for the morning shift. So I kind of have it the best. Um, and I try not to rub that in anyone's faces too often because we don't start our traffic until our five o'clock hour because wow. there's really not much going on before that here. I mean, we're still a medium-sized city, so we don't have a ton until people start hitting the road in the five o'clock hour, six gets really busy, seven's crazy. Um, so I get in a little later and then I have some time, usually a couple days a week to knock out some interviews and stories on just the latest of what's going on. Uh, so I do go into the field still and it is a lot. I have some 
I have some late days for sure, but it's rewarding and I, I really love it. I'm speaking with Rebecca Schleicher. She's the traffic anchor for News Channel 5 in Nashville, Tennessee. And Rebecca, Nashville, like many other cities, Denver included, is seeing, and you talked a little bit about it, seeing explosive growth. Can you talk a little bit about how traffic has changed in the years that you've been watching it? Oh, my goodness. I mean, everyone's coming here. Everyone's visiting here right now. And it's great to be that city. Um, but it, a lot of growing pains, for sure. Um, so traffic, I mean, the old timers talk about how there was never rush hour, <laughs> you know, back in the day. We definitely have that now. Um, and crashes, of course, make it a lot worse. And the more cars that are on the road, the more crashes you see. So um, traffic has gotten... A, a lot worse just in the five years that I've been here. I mean, I have the schedule where I can personally try to avoid rush hour and uh, only sit in that afternoon traffic if I really have to, but most people don't have that luxury. So uh, we're seeing a lot of talk about this, a lot of kind of more innovative ideas. Some of our uh, state workers and other private companies are having people kind of split shifts so that they don't have to be on the roads during rush hour and trying to let people work from home a little bit more so they don't have to deal with it. There is a benefit, speaking of split shifts, I, I lived that way for a long time when I was flying in our helicopter where I was doing the split shift, working till nine and then uh, coming back at about three o'clock in, you know, in the afternoon to then fly again in the helicopter. And it was there, there were some great advantages to that where you're actually missing the rush hours in both yes. uh, both the morning and afternoon. But not everybody can live that lifestyle. I know. And I when I roll into work in the morning, um, all of our lights are flashing yellows, so it's so nice. I mean, I don't have to really stop at all to get from my house to the station. And it's so, so different at a different time of day. I mean, you double for sure uh, the commute to get in if it is during an afternoon time versus when I normally go in. That is definitely more of a small town kind of thing right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm speaking with Rebecca Schleicher. She's the traffic anchor for News Channel 5 there in Nashville, Tennessee. And Nashville has not seen a real expansion in their transit system, any train services after this referendum was rejected last year to fund it pretty convincingly what other ideas now is the city looking at to move people around the city since it looks like trains are not coming to nashville <laughs> yeah it's um it's something that's still a sore spot for a lot of our local leaders to be honest because i mean the resounding defeat two-thirds of voters coming out and saying no to the transportation plan which for your listeners i mean it was this huge comprehensive Five and a half billion dollar plan that was going to eventually, you know, decades later reach nine billion dollars once it was all paid out. It was going to involve five light rail lines and our busiest corridors, rapid buses that would have bus only lanes and be able to jump the lines at lights, um, you know, bicycle lanes, sidewalks, the works all across our entire county because Nashville is not just a city, it's the whole county. And uh, yeah, I don't know when two thirds of voters ever agree on anything, but they came out and they said no to this transit plan and the 1% sales tax increase that was going to come with it in order to pay for it all. Um, so right now we have a new mayor and we have a new administration. They are seen as much more fiscally conservative than a lot of the uh, pretty hyper progressives that we've had in recent years. And they are working right now on a series of what they're calling listening sessions. 
and they have uh, about a dozen of them over the last month or so set up all across the county and are trying to get the people to come out who didn't before. They want to hear from the people who maybe aren't the regulars that go to all the council meetings and all the community meetings and things like that. So they're really trying to hear from everyone to get a better sense of what it is people do want so that what happened last time doesn't happen again. So we'll see. Uh, I personally, they're not really, they're being pretty tight-lipped about what this new plan may include, um, but they're going to unveil it in September, they say. And uh, I would expect a, a smaller plan for sure from the last one, certainly less expensive. Yeah, I think that's the way a lot of cities are going. They're trying to be less bold and go build out everything. That's what Denver did about 20 years ago where they had this big, bold plan. They did get everybody to vote for a sales tax that went to the rail system here to expand it. However, when they uh, saw a downturn in the economy, they lost some money. They haven't been able to, mm-hmm. pro- uh, you know, f- fulfill their promises uh, with building out the light rail system here in Denver. It's just taking longer than expected, and I think that's what is in the head of other cities and residents of other cities, and uh, they just don't don't want that crazy expense that they're seeing uh, in, in other places. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, one of the big arguing points was. People in Nashville really don't ride the bus right now if they don't have to. I mean, folks who don't have cars do ride the bus, but we don't have that population yet that owns cars or has other options, can pay for ride shares, things like that, that is choosing to use public transit. So because of that, we have a lot of empty buses and it's hard to make the argument, hey, we need more money for this uh, when you can look at the numbers and make the argument it's not being used just yet. Though on the flip side of that, um, transit advocates say, well, that's because we don't have extended service hours. That's because we don't run the buses often enough. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, and we do not have any dedicated funding for transit here in Nashville that they can always reach into a pop for every year. So transit is kind of fighting with you know, police and fire and hospitals and schools and all the other folks who need money from the general fund here. So that's really what the referendum is all about, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if something passes. I'm speaking with Rebecca Schleicher. She is the News Channel 5 Nashville traffic anchor. And so you said that we are not, you're, at least there in Nashville, you're not seeing a lot of transit money. So are you seeing a lot of money going into uh, the roads where they have great roads? Because I did read a thing uh, that said, <laughs> yes. that I think it was from Wallet Hub that said Tennessee has the second best roads of any state to drive on. You know, that's pretty recent for us, though, I will say. Um, If you were to ask anyone maybe five years ago when I first got here, I mean, the eye rolls that something like that would elicit. Uh, We had this massive pothole problem. Thankfully, this winter has been more mild, so we're not seeing that as much. And we also have so many major projects in the works right now because just a couple years ago, uh, a, a few legislative sessions ago, they passed the IMPROVE Act. And what that did, not only did it pave the way for these localized referendums to happen, which is the only way that that national vote uh, could even happen back in 2018, but it raised the gas tax and it's putting that money into road projects that we were never able to do before because Tennessee is one of the few states that is not able to go into debt in order to pay for projects. So we have to have the money on hand And because of that, those more expensive road projects just weren't happening. So they've actually raised well over what they even anticipated 
with the Improve Act and the gas tax. So we have so many different projects going on right now. If you come to Nashville, have you been to Nashville, Jason? I have only driven through. That's as okay. close as I've been. If you come, you'll probably at some point be along the 440 loop. We have lots of loops here for anyone who hasn't come to Nashville yet. Uh, so if you, if you learn the loops, that's going to get your foot in the door for sure, getting around. Um, so the 440 loop, basically it's a half circle that runs south of the downtown area. And it's seven miles long, and oh my gosh, it was 30-year-old concrete, which way outlived its oh, shelf yeah. life, and it was just terrible. We had a grassy median that folks would just kind of drive uh, over when they weren't paying attention or something happened <laughs> and run into oncoming traffic, and it was just horrendous. So they have been spending the last eight months or so completely redoing that entire half loop, and uh it is the most expensive project, uh, road project in our state's history, and it's something that would never, ever have happened before. But now that we have this additional money, it is happening. So does that mean with all that growth that you're seeing there and some of the road improvements, are, and I'm sure that the housing and renting prices are going oh. uh, astronomically <laughs> high right now in Nashville. So are you seeing more people oh move outside of the city and having to come in? So you're seeing maybe more uh, traffic from those areas that maybe you haven't seen traffic before. Yeah, but Jason, I'll be honest with you, even the surrounding suburbs, I mean, if they have decent schools, their prices are going through the roof too. So, I mean, this entire area is just getting so much more expensive. It's really it's really hard. I mean, I have friends looking for a starter home here, and they're running into all sorts of problems. I mean, they're having to look 20, 30 minutes away, which for a big city isn't that far, but we're, not a, we're a medium-sized city. So, I mean, people are really having to move far out, and a lot of folks are getting um, displaced who have been here forever. A lot of the musicians, a lot of the um, people who live in different neighborhoods that have really made Nashville what it is, the fabric of Nashville, and uh, they're talking about how they're not able to live here anymore. Yeah, because Nashville is not just for uh, the average person. There's a lot of celebrities that like to live there and, <laughs> and work there, and, and they need to be there. I know. It's so funny. The culture here is really interesting because if you see someone like Nicole Kidman or Reese Witherspoon or Carrie Underwood, uh, everyone is so cool about it. They just kind of walk up and say hey and then kind of keep walking. Um, I don't know. We don't have paparazzi here. Everyone's just very laid back and very friendly and they just kind of treat them like, oh, yeah, that's my neighbor, Carrie. Yeah, that's what Denver used to be a long time ago with all the sports people that used to hang out here. They, you would see somebody, John Elway, whatever, at a restaurant, and most people would just leave them alone, and, and yeah. they, they really do appreciate that. I'm speaking with Rebecca Schleicher. She is the News Channel 5 traffic anchor there in Nashville, Tennessee. So what, Rebecca, is one of your biggest traffic pet peeves? Ooh, how much time do you have? Oh, as much time <laughs> as you want. This is a podcast. We can go forever. Yeah, well, I'll pick one. Um, let's see. So I don't know about Denver, but in Nashville in recent years, we started putting in traffic circles um, in neighborhoods and in the downtown area, just in big intersections. And so many drivers come up to them and just kind of lose their mind. I don't know. People can't figure out what to do with the traffic circles here. And there's really not that many rules surrounding traffic circles they're really not that difficult i don't think so you don't um, do you like the do you like the roundabout traffic circles or are you you pro oh, or or anti-circle 
I'm very pro traffic circle because I don't want to stop if I don't need to. Perfect. And if there's no one coming in the other direction, <laughs> yes. like, why yay! would you need to stop? You're, you're uh, <laughs> it's just so funny, though, how people here just cannot wrap their mind around how to get in and get out and get around them. Uh, it's to the point where we've got some neighborhoods that are rallying against their new traffic circle that they just got. And <laughs> I don't know. So the pet peeve, I guess, would be when I am actually driving through the traffic circle, the people who are actually, you know, acting kind of erratic and a little scary um, because for some reason they just don't understand how it works. Oh yeah, no, I get that. It, it's I see that all the time. People just don't yield to the people in the circle, and then they try to crowd them, to crowd their way in, and they don't know how to exit, and they keep circling around. Uh, but I, like you, think that the traffic circle is great because it keeps traffic flowing. Why stop yeah. when you don't have to? All all the research backs that up. You get through intersections much faster when there's a traffic circle there instead of having to stop at a light or a stop sign or something else like that. People just need to <laughs> to learn. I mean, what are there's two rules, right? You just yield to the people on the inside, and then if there's uh, multiple lanes in the traffic circle, just make sure you get over all the way to the right before you need to exit. Yeah, and you should really and, exit after the second, if at most, really the second turn. Yeah, and uh, there's a big one downtown that gives people a lot of problems. We have a lot of crashes there because it is multiple lanes, and I just people are very confused by it. Um, and you'll, when you do come visit Jason, you'll see it because it's got these giant chopstick looking like sticks that are multicolored that are art (laughs) that they have right in the middle. So we just call it the stick. All right. Perfect. Well, everything needs a nickname and, uh, that'd be a perfect one. The sticks. I like that. So do you want to keep doing traffic reporting? Is this something that you like to do or would you like to move into some other role, different kind of reporting or anchoring something like that? Well, I do all, all, all of the above right now, so I'm pretty happy with that because I am um, the kind of person that is always wanting to change it up and wanting to stay sharp and stay on my toes. So especially with the way things are in Nashville right now, as long as that continues, I'm very happy staying on this beat and kind of wearing all the different hats. And lastly, can you try to describe your morning anchor, Adam Hammond, who used yes. to be a morning anchor here with us here in Denver for a short time. Can, can you describe Adam in, an, in a way other than saying sweetheart? Oh, <laughs> um, energy ball. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. How do you like working with Adam? Oh, we love, love Adam. He's the best. And he is the cutest little girl. Did you ever meet Kenny? Uh, we didn't meet her. We, uh, we, he, I think he had her after he already left her. She was just a baby when he was still here. Yeah, right, because she's so young. But, yes. uh, yeah, uh, she is the cutest. She always wears these giant bows. Following them on social media is so much fun. Yeah, no, Adam was a great guy when he was here, and we uh, we miss him a lot. Appreciate you sending him down to us. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Rebecca Schleicher, the traffic anchor for WTVF Television, News Channel 5 in Nashville. Thanks again so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. And there she goes. And, yes, it was a fun conversation. Thank you, Rebecca. Nashville is a city I think I would like to uh, visit. And look around more than just when you uh, what you can see from the interstate as you're driving through on your way to Chicago. 
You, what are some of the hot spots that, that you like in, in Nashville? In Nashville, just Broadway, man. Just broad, just going just right go, down Broadway? Just, just go down Broadway. You'll That's find it? something to do. Yeah, it's all bachelorette parties and country bars. It's a wonderful time. I, I can I can see why people would like to live there. It's 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 really nice. It looked nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have decent weather. They have um, – really, I, I, when, I, when I talk about where people want to live, you want to live in a place that has decent climate. Check. Uh, good recreation, check. Uh, a decent lo- low cost of living. They used to have that, yep. And so that's that's what has brought a lot of people. Like it used to bring a lot of people here. Exactly. It slowed down a little bit, but the cost of living is obviously exploding there as it has here. That's what it because uh, every 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 city now is so homogenized. You're going to have the ch- same chain restaurants, and you're going to have the sports teams, and you're going to have arts, and you're going to have. Uh, all the culture that you would ever want in any of these these cities, uh, and of course the bars and the restaurants and the nightclub scene and that whole deal. I mean, Nashville is just all about the country music, though, and that really does set it apart because the the way that the music infiltrates everything that happens there is is unique in a way that it straight up doesn't happen in Denver and really hasn't happened anywhere else that I've lived. Uh, my complaint about Nashville is always that it's too humid, right? Like you want to oh, live yeah. in, you want to live in somewhere that matches what you like climate wise, and that's just not my climate, but. I get it, man. I get the appeal. It is good for the skin, though, the humidity. It is. Very That's good true. for the skin. Uh, thanks again, Rebecca, for coming on the show. I don't know where we're going to go next time. I haven't uh, contacted anybody. I have a list, though, of other uh, traffic anchors. Maybe um, uh, maybe Cleveland or Bo- or uh, Buffalo, Boston. I don't know, something like Buffalo's that. Buffalo's a good one. Buffalo's go. always a good one. All right. Uh, finally, let's go to uh, Paso Robles, California. Am I saying that wrong? Paso Ro- Robles. Now, I don't, I just now, don't, now I, you're I would, saying it wrong. I, I would believe it would be Paso Robles, California, uh, where a man was arrested after walking his two mules along the road, causing a traffic hazard. The California Highway Patrol says the man was found walking two mules along the road after receiving more than a handful of calls from drivers reporting the man and his mules were an extreme traffic hazard. <laughs> Get the man and his mules out of here, please. This man, actually, you should see his picture. He looks like what you would think a rugged country man in his late 70s would look like. With the white hair and basically no teeth, um, long-time drinker, that kind of a, a, of a look and a feel to the man. Mm-hmm. little weathered, little uh, wrinkled. Go on. Tell lips, me tell me li- more, Jason. Lips going in, you know, because he doesn't have his dentures in. A lot, lot of days spent walking the mules, I'm sure. Well, the man later identified as John, as John Sears was walking the mules side by side and taking up a large part of the road. Cars were forced to go in the opposite lane and over the double yellow line to avoid Mr. Sears and his mules. The officer that was dispatched to the scene asked Mr. Sears to stay out of traffic but, of course, Mr. Sears became argumentative, as an old grizzled man would. Shocking. He was also uncooperative, as an old grizzled man should be. He eventually did move out of the road for a time, and then the cop left. He's a smart grizzled old man that knew that the cop would leave him alone if he just got out of the road, but he wasn't there for long. <laughs> because the police received several more calls that Mr. Sears had returned himself and the mules to the roadway and were back again creating a traffic hazard. 
If you figure that there were enough people people upset about it to make several phone calls to nine one one, he must have been there for a while, right? Yes. Well, I mean, how how fast can you go with a mule? True. Two of them. True. In fact, if you're not riding them, uh, and they're not as fast as a horse. No. No. I mean, you have your you have your burro and your mule and your horse. I think one is a combination of the two, something like that. Uh, anyway, so that uh, original CHP officer, he returned and ordered Mr. Sears this time to stay out of the road. He wasn't he wasn't mixing any pleasantries here. He wasn't saying, "Come on, just what, would you get you and your mules off, <laughs> off of the road and get over to the side?" Please. He was a little bit more stern. So Mr. Sears told the cop he had no intention of walking on the shoulder, and he claimed he had the right to be in the road, and it was everyone else's responsibility to slow and go around him. Well, the officer said, in order to protect Mr. Sears and his animals and all the drivers that were on that road, the officer placed Mr. Sears under arrest. He was booked into jail, was released the next morning. The mules were turned over to the uh, county animal control and then returned to Mr. Sears' When he was released. This man does not deserve to have his mules back. Why not? He's in the way. He does not know how to responsibly handle his mules. He lost his mules, if you know what I mean. Yes, he did. Insert your joke here. (laughs) John did, though. It it is a great picture of him and his 70s-whatever-year-old grizzled long-time face. Just a great-looking guy. <laughs> you got a great face, John. Scraggly, white, stubbly beard. I mean, just no, t- just an unpleasant demeanor on his. Uh, it, it was. Just, that's you know, it's actually how I want to be and how I want to grow up when I'm in my late seventies as well. If I make it that far, I don't even know I'm going to make it that far. What's your goal in life? To be unpleasant. Yes, to be unpleasant and and to say, get off of my lawn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just to make it that far, so I can have a cane white hair, and get people off of my lawn. There you go. And with just maybe a few teeth left. No, I do like teeth. I think I'll keep my teeth. They make dentures. You don't need teeth. Oh, but then you have to put them in the dense sensodyne or whatever, the, you know, the, uh, the Pepsodent or whatever it is. You know, put your <laughs> – that was one of the best lines that Sandy Clough, when I was working with Sandy, he's a sports talk host here, and he's been here forever. And uh, when I was working with Sandy, so he uh, – after Broncos games, uh, he actually said to one guy – that called in and was talking stuff about the Broncos. He goes, look, old man, why don't you put take your teeth out of your mouth, put them in a glass, and go to bed? <laughs> Rude. It's a it mean thing of... to say. Well, if you like the show, if you don't like the show, if you uh, if, if you want to please rate, rinse, and repeat, uh, please do that on the Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to this wonderful show. We're on uh, iHeart. We're on the uh, Podbean. We're on the Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, uh, just about everywhere. We're not on Spotify, though. Correct. We're not? I, my I understanding know. was I think... that we're not on Spotify, but Jeremy Hubbard is on Spotify. What? 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 I what, know. What, what kind of show does he have? He has a sto- show called Colorado Stories. You can check out all one episode from April 2019 now by checking, <laughs> downloading the Spotify app. For... You know, it's kind of like, it's funny because some other folks over there at, at uh, Fox 31, they started a podcast and did, I think, like two or three episodes, maybe four episodes. I think it was Yunkie and somebody else. Yep. And uh, boom, then they were done. They, they didn't understand what kind of work goes into this whole program. Yes, the hardest thing about a podcast is recording 162 episodes. Exactly, especially, especially since we've done 158. Well, there you go. <laughs> four more to go. We're getting so much. <laughs> 
much closer. Uh, all right, so thank you. If you want to get a hold of us, 303-832-0217. That is the phone number. Uh, Google, uh, Google. we have a Google email thing. Uh, Driving You Crazy Podcast at uh, gmail.com. Um, or you can hit us on the Twitter and uh, all the other stuff. Please don't, though. So, like, just leave me alone. Just, <laughs> okay, I'll take you out of the... I'm going to put it it's right there in the description. I will take you a Joseph Denver 7. I will scratch that off right there. Okay. Anyway, uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks again to Rebecca for joining us on the show. We'll find out. Um, I'll figure out somebody for next week. Otherwise, uh, thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. I'm Joseph Peters, and I believe in texting while driving. Be safe and always. <laughs> it's not safe. Happy motoring.